Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. Here, how's it going there? It's going okay. It's a nice, quiet morning. It's perfect for something like this. And, uh, ready to roll. And in just a moment, we are going to get started talking about positive prison culture from the inside. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Prison Care Podcast. Sabrina here, and I am so glad that you are listening. In just a moment, we are going to have a conversation with Jay. And there was so much good stuff in this conversation that this topic turned into a three-episode series. So this week, we're going to begin by looking at positive prison culture from the inside. And we're going to discuss things like handling noise, learning the secret code, and what Jay means by living as an acting change engine. But before we get started, if you missed episode six, we dug into the idea of what we mean by positive prison culture. If this idea is new to you, and you haven't had the chance to listen to that episode yet, it might be helpful to listen to what is positive prison culture, episode six, first. As a quick recap, we explored the ideas of customs, or expected and usual behaviors, as a fundamental piece of culture, and the need for subtly establishing new customs, like using virtues-based vocabulary, focusing on words like respect, to combat the negativity in a prison neighborhood. We also talked about breaking down the two-party system, inmates versus cops and recognizing instead that inmates and cops actually share many common goals, and they don't win anything by living in opposition to each other. And finally, we talked about looking for new things to try to achieve, things that will be a win-win outcome instead of a zero-sum game, where you end up sacrificing one group of people for another. It's a lot to think about. These are new things to understand, and so now we're going to get out of your head and we're going to get into your heart, and it's story time. In this episode, Jay is going to take us inside the walls for some insights into what positive prison culture sounds like, looks like, and feels like for residents and staff in a prison facility. Jay is on the phone, and he's told us that he's having a nice, quiet morning, which is perfect for an interview. Well, so let's start right there. A nice, quiet morning. What what does that mean in your world? Why is it sometimes oh, not? <laughs> what What's the auditory culture like in prison? Yeah. <laughs> the noise volume is the issue every day, no matter where you're at. I'm lucky enough to be in an incentive program, which means a bunch of people all try to Follow the rules a little more closely, you know, um, not gripe and complain so much about anything that's anything extra that feels like it's being asked of you because uh, then they give you nice perks in return. So the general atmosphere is better 
in my pod, but it's still, he's got nearly a hundred people living in a small space together and everything's metal and concrete. So reverberation is excessive. (laughs) And so even quiet conversations just echo and travel uh, in the pod. And so there's really only maybe one time of day and it would be when the lights come on at 5 a.m. and it lasts till maybe 7 or 7.30 before the noise volume just increases dramatically and Mm. it's just loud all day. All day. Now, see, that's that's one Every. of the things right there that people who are listening, you've probably never thought about before. I never thought about it before I had a son who was incarcerated. But the constant din of noise because everything is concrete and metal. And so the sound just bounces around. I mean, it's funny. I'm sitting here recording a podcast in my little home office, which has carpeting and a sofa And even so, I have, I think, 12 pillows and two comforters all bunched up around our recording setup because sound engineers tell you that even for a little at-home podcast, you need as many pillows and things as possible to stop the sound from bouncing. And so you you put yourself in that concrete uh, box environment, and I bet it's hard to get some quiet time. That's ridiculous. Well, and it's akin to, uh, it's like when you're at the the cafeteria area at a, at a, or the food court, I guess is what it's called. I'm used to other things. It, it, the food court at a mall, where there's just that constant hum. It's very loud. Right. Um, it, that's exactly what it's like. Mm. Exactly what it's like all day. Um, mm. And yeah, it's it's rough. It's annoying. It's annoying, and you have to find ways to. You have to find ways to try and be courteous, and at the same time, you, you can't just you can't just be people pleasing all all day either. Because you you are like, unfortunately, whether people are meaning for it or not, you're all kind of in competition with each other to just live your lives, you know, and, and go about your day the way you need to. And uh, so the noise thing is just one of those things that you're trying to be conscious of, you're trying to be respectful of, and at the same time, you, you can't put your life on hold just because the design of the building you're forced to live in sucks, you know? Right. Right. So, okay, this is a really great place for us to start talking about what what is prison culture like and what does a change to a more positive prison culture look like in just really simple ways? Because that's really what we're talking about, right? We're talking about simple, basic um, attitudes or behaviors um, that that make things less negative because you're not going to make it fantastic, but that will make yeah. it less negative. So all yeah. I was prepped with in County, right. And I, I'd never been down before. I'd never committed a crime before. And when I get to County jail, the first thing that's going through your mind when you're in holding by yourself is you're just, you're thinking about all the movies and all the TV shows you've seen where people go to jail or they go to prison and uh, you, you try and prep your brain for that. All right, you know, I'm going to change to this thing. And uh, you think that there's going to be some some secret code you have to learn, um, you know, this strange and foreign new etiquette that you have to practice, you know. And mm. ultimately, it, it it is like that, but it also isn't. And all these guys in county who had been down before and they would they would talk to me about, you know, well, make sure, you, you know, when you, if you bump into someone, at the chow hall or something that, you know, they'd be like, don't say I'm sorry. Say my bad, bro. 
you know, or whatever. Mm. Um, or there was one guy, he was, from, he was from Boston, and he was adamant that you had to say, pardon me. You had to say <laughs> that, because that's, that's the only thing you could say that's both respectful to them and respectful to yourself. And I said, okay, all right. Mm. Um, so everyone had these tips and tricks for what, what's appropriate and what isn't. And in some ways they were all right, and in some ways they were completely missing the point. Because I got here, and it's way more basic than I expected. It's way less tedious than you think, and it's more down to like the fundamentals that you learn growing up as a little kid. You say thank you, you say please, um, but you also don't like bow your head and stoop and act all, all you know, excessively pious for no reason. You, it's it's about. It really just comes down to to similar to what uh, Pot and me guys said, it's just have respect for the people around you and have respect for yourself. And it really just comes down to the fundamentals. So for a noise, another noise example, um, there sometimes there are individuals who won't realize uh, that their somewhat loud conversation is taking place 15 feet away from me where I'm on the phone and I can't move the phone. It's fixed in place in the pod like a payphone, you know? Right. And they could very easily move 50 feet to the right or left and go somewhere else and do that. And there are some people who test themselves and recognize they're doing that, and there's there's those that don't, or they don't care to notice, you know, and they just keep going about their thing. That's the difference. Okay, it's so, those simple things. Right. So you mentioned movies and TV, and, and we've mentioned on the podcast before, and we'll mention every chance we get that real life in prison is not like what we see on TV or in movies, but um, th are there people who are doing this on purpose? Are there people who are standing 15 feet away to see if you'll respect yourself enough to yeah. do it, you know? like Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. There's the, it's important to remember, for me at least, I, I think it's always important to remember that ultimately the dumb and inappropriate things that people do is mindless. It's immaturity. It's it's a it's, if anything, it's a coping mechanism because of whatever reasons, you know, it's a way of maintaining your, your pride and, you know, no one can tell you what to do. No one can keep you down. Um, but then there's some people who have taken it to a much more antagonistic level. And yes, they're absolutely testing you at all times. They're testing everyone around them to see what they can get away with, how much they can push you. Um, and what's weird is, at least in the prison I'm in, this would vary, you know, depending on what state you're in and what county you're in, um, because cultures do either raise in intensity or lower in intensity, depending on where you're at um, and what that kind of climate is. But at least where I am, a lot of these guys are tired of the fight. Mm. They're tired of of always having to be on the defense, always ready to prove yourself. And so it doesn't mean that all their habits are gone. And so they're always testing the water. They're trying to get a rise out of you, but then they don't actually want it to conclude to anything, mm. you know, anything dramatic. They just want to poke, you know? Mm. And uh, and that's difficult because in a way now you're, you're dealing with people who are grown-ass men who are willfully acting like kids and what's the right response, you know, on your part as someone who wants to be 
enacting change engine, you know, a promoter of positive culture and be a good example. Um, what should your response be? And that's the daily challenge. <laughs> the yeah. every moment challenge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I want to talk about your phrase that you just used and, and, um, an acting change engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I tend to talk about culture creation and you tend to prefer acting change engine. And I, I think that it's a really neat distinction. Talk about what your definition of that is. What, why is that a phrase that you want to apply to you? So my brain has whatever issues it's got. And I very much struggle with, with a very kind of binary thinking. Um, ones and zeros are literal and completely fictional or non-literal, whatever. Um, so sometimes meanings and words, they stand out to me and I'm a little, a little nitpicky with them um, just because of what they mean to me. So when I hear a phrase like positive culture creator, it sounds to me like, you know, you're having to reinvent the wheel. You're having to do something new, create something from nothing, play God. And I don't, I'm good on that, you know, <laughs> right. with my history and what, what I've been through, just any kind of reminder of who I used to be and how I, I used to think is, is very scary for me. And Understandable. So I just, so I just do wordplay, you know, and I change it. I change it to something that makes more sense to me. Um, and acting change engine is, you know, where you are actively looking at the pieces that are before you, you know, the, the people, their actions, um, the structure of our day, the activities available to us, whatever. Um, you're looking at what's already there and you're asking yourself, okay, how can I take these pieces and rearrange them? Hmm. Use what's already there and turn it into something else. That's what I think of a change engine as being, and that's what I like to then refer to myself as. And I did not come up with this, of course. Um, it's, it's from a DC comics, uh, you know, uh, iteration. And, uh, when I heard it, I just, I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. It instantly resonated with me. And I was like, okay, I like that. I'm adopting that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I didn't make up positive culture creation either. So, you know, we're, we're all just taking ideas and when they connect with us, we're trying to apply them in helpful ways. So yeah. as an acting change engine, um, you keep coming back to this respect question, right? Respect for others and respect yeah. for yourself. And you're talking about there are some people who just want to poke for the sake of poking, poking, poking to see what happens. Um, I would imagine that's a situation where respect for yourself really has to come into play, um, yeah. as well yeah. as not disrespecting them. But talk about that a little bit. So it's a tough one. It's almost the toughest one just because it's it, how you should respond is going to change depending on the relative circumstances. So it could change every single time and you have to re-evaluate and re-weigh everything mm. that's before you. Um, because to a degree, it is unfortunately, whether you like it or not, extremely important that you don't ever let someone walk all over you. Know, walk all over you. Yeah. Because as soon as one person does it, um, it now becomes this thing 
where people will consciously or unconsciously keep trying to do to see how much they can get out of you for free, how much they can get your existence to benefit their life um, in selfish ways. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds very broad and vague, but that's that's really how it is at, at the foundation. So you have to keep your head up. You can't be prideful because that's a challenge now to other people. That's inviting them to come test you. You don't mm. want that either. That's unnecessary and annoying, you know. Um, but you have to walk proudly. Mm. And you have to, you know, speak up for yourself when something is truly bothering you. When people are standing on what we call our porches, which is just the, you know, few square foot area outside your door. Um, sometimes people will stop, and I'm guilty of this, I've done it, everyone does. Um, but you'll stop when you're having a conversation with someone in front of someone's cell, and you just keep talking, and you start laughing about whatever, this and that. You have to remember that, like, there are no safe spaces in here. Mm. There's hardly any privacy at any time. And standing on someone's porch when they're in their cell, either trying to watch TV or read a book or take a nap or just use the restroom in peace, and now you're there gawking and balking and laughing and hollering and whatever, um, or even just talking at a normal volume or whatever, but they just don't want to hear your voice mm-hmm. being included in your conversation. You know, move along. And if they're not doing that, it's up to you to then come out and be like, not say, get the fuck away from me or get the fuck off my porch, because now you're invited, you're provoking uh, some kind of, um, you know, altercation. But you do get a poke up and be like, guys, come on, please, just mm-hmm. move along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take it somewhere else. I'm trying to do this or that, you know? Explain why you want them to do what you're doing. Communication, I think, is really good. I've seen it be very positive. Um, and instead of just telling, giving someone an order, you tell them, you basically almost phrase it like, you're doing me a favor if you do this, please. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and they can relate to that. They can relate. It's not that they want to do you a favor necessarily, but it's that if you can provoke some sense of empathy in them, where they're like, yeah, I'd want that too. I get it. You know? Right. Right. Makes, it makes so much sense. And you're, you're talking about communication being a piece of it. And um, something that I, I know the, the experts, whatever that is, on the outside, um, talk about the fact that there there is a basic survival mindset for people who are incarcerated. And it is a shame that many people are looking to see how much they can get for free from somebody else. But it also is not that surprising when you when you factor in that kind of survival mindset. So many people have been through incredible trauma before they came to prison. They have encountered additional trauma since they've been in prison. And as you said, there are no safe spaces. There's no way to even take a vacation from it for a day. You're, you're nope. there. And so you have to be thinking about how to take care of yourself all the time, all the time. And that hypervigilance um, makes a lot of sense as to why people, especially people who maybe never had a whole lot of training in social skills, maybe never had a whole lot of good practice with um, communication skills when they were growing up. Maybe that hasn't been a part of their experience to begin with. And now they're in a situation where they have to be hypervigilant. And it's not, yeah, it's not all that surprising. And that's about the moment in the phone call when uh, the 
wonderful automated voice that we call Cassandra came on the line and told us that we had 60 seconds left. So uh, we, we did a redial and we continued this conversation. But like I said, we're going to spread this over three episodes. Um, this is one of three, because there's just a lot of really good content here. And I didn't want to cut much of it out. So we're going to pick up again in the next episode. And we're going to learn quite a bit more about this idea of what hypervigilance does. We're going to talk about the recalibration or rebooting process. And we're going to get into context, um, understanding context and why that is so important and also so very difficult. We're going to talk about cellies. That's your cellmate. And uh, yeah, just really good stuff. It's going to give you more and more of an understanding of what prison culture is like now and what the little changes that make a prison culture more positive look like. So we're going to hear more from Jay next time. And uh, we also want to encourage you, as always, to visit the prisoncare.org website. The overall goal of this podcast is to encourage listeners to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that might have a positive impact on the culture inside of prison's walls. We would really love it if you reached out to us with your questions, with your thoughts. Ask questions for Jay if there are things that you've wondered about um, as far as prison life goes. How do you handle this? Or what happens when this is the situation? Send those questions in and we'll, we'll get his take on those things uh, when we're able to do phone interviews. We'd also love to hear your stories. Sharing our stories removes shame. It reduces fear. And it helps us link arms and work together toward a better future. So please feel free to share your stories. You can email info at prisoncare.org. And I would love to hear from you there. Jay would also love it if you wanted to send him a letter. And uh, we shared his address in the show notes on um, episode four, I believe it was, which was called Co-Founder. And we'll put that address in the show notes again on this episode. Jay would really love to hear from anyone by mail. So visit prisoncare.org, take a look around, and share the site with your friends. Hey, share the podcast with your friends, anyone that you know that might be interested in learning more. We all need to learn a lot. We need to raise awareness about these things. And I really believe that together we can make a positive difference. Transcript of this episode is also available at prisoncare.org slash podcast dash dash video dot html. And I invite you to join us next week for more talk with Jay about positive prison culture from the inside. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.